by research students, my name is Reese Lucky and I'm the lead unit coordinator of Introduction to Research Methods. On behalf of everybody at Swinburne Online, I want to extend a warm welcome to you all. The journey you're embarking on in this unit is both exciting and challenging, and will certainly open your eyes to the wonderful world of research. During your time in this unit, you'll be guided by your unit coordinator, ELA, module content in Canvas, collaborate sessions, as well as your e-text. To offer you even more guidance in the unit though, I've put together a series of three podcasts that are designed to be casual yet informative learning experiences. Podcast one explores the purpose of the unit, whilst podcast two and three explore two of your major assignments. These podcasts do not replace any of your learning materials in the unit, so I would encourage you to think of them as bonus material. My goal here is to have you feeling connected to the learning materials and really understand why you're here. I absolutely love all things research and hope to convey that with you during these podcasts. I've worked as a researcher at different universities, nonprofit organizations and hospitals, and I've also lectured research units at multiple different institutions. I hope you feel my passion and enthusiasm and genuinely hope you fall in love with research as much as I did as a student. Now that we have set the scene, let's jump right into the show. Hi everybody, you are currently listening to podcast three of Introduction to Research Methods. For most of you, you'll be listening to this during week seven of the unit and are now fully settled into the unit and ready to start writing your next assignment task, the research proposal, after finishing your first assignment task, the critical review. My goal during the first podcast was to have you feeling more at home in the unit and really set the scene for what this unit is about. In the second podcast, I introduced to you the critical review and discussed how to structure it. This final podcast will discuss your final assignment, the research proposal. For most of you, this will be the first time you've ever written a research proposal. So the style and format of the assessment will be completely new to you. The term research proposal has a very specific meaning. So one of my goals in this podcast is to help break that down for you. I want you to leave this podcast having a very clear understanding of what a research proposal is and how best to structure it and how to make a start. To help you do that, I've pulled together five of the most frequently asked questions that students throw at me each teaching period and I've compiled them together into this podcast. Those five questions are, what is the purpose of a research proposal? What are the different segments of a research proposal? How do we structure it? What resources are available to help me write my first research proposal? What is APA formatting and referencing? And finally, what is the best way to initially start a research proposal? After covering these frequently asked questions, I hope you'll feel more relaxed and ready to undertake your very first research proposal task. Okay, so let's tackle that first question of ours. What is the purpose of a research proposal? Up until this point in the unit, you've been learning about the concepts that will enable you to read, understand, and critically evaluate a research report. You've been slowly developing your critical analysis skills and learning about different aspects of research design. By doing so, you've begun to learn how to recognize well-designed studies, studies in which the research methods are appropriately matched to the research question or hypothesis. 
You've even evaluated your first article in the critical review assignment task. So now that you have a strong appreciation of what makes an article strong, you are now ready to conceive your own individual research. And that's essentially the purpose of the research proposal, to lay out the recipe or plan for a new piece of research. Now in this unit, you won't be expected to gather participants, collect data, analyze data, etc. That's why this assignment is called a proposal. You are simply proposing the details of a hypothetical study. Let's compare this for a moment to the critical review. Your first assignment task in the critical review, you were expected to critically evaluate a previously performed piece of research. The article was already published. The data was already collected. The results were already analyzed. The hypotheses were already addressed. A research proposal is a different form of writing in research design. It's about proposing something new. So in this task, you're essentially going to be pretending that you're a researcher and you're proposing a brand new research design. Just like critical reviews, research proposals are very common in the real world. So students at the honors and PhD level do research proposals all the time. And anybody out in the workforce who is undertaking research starts at the research proposal stage. Now, we don't just come up with a research proposal idea on a whim. There's some structure to it, just like when we wrote our research, uh, our critical reviews, sorry, in our first assignment task. We're going to be encouraging a very, very strict uh, structure when it comes to you writing your research proposal tasks as well. Now, personally, I've written and read many, many research proposals, both um, at a university level and also at places like hospitals and non-for-profit organizations. Anywhere where research is performed, research proposals are written. So trust me when I say they are the very, very best way to plan a study. I've also worked as a research advisor where research students would present to me their draft research proposals prior to officially starting their research. And it was at this stage that I was able to offer them advice and guidance. So this experience allowed me to read hundreds of proposals and see the benefit of them. The biggest benefit of a research proposal is that it forces a researcher to consider all aspects of their study prior to wasting meaningful time and resources, making mistakes along the way. So it forces a researcher to consider what is my topic? Why is it important? What evidence do I have that makes my research important? What are my specific research hypotheses? What will be the significance of the findings? Who will benefit from these findings? How will I collect my data? The participants, how will I analyze my data? And what ethical considerations need to be taken into account? And finally, what are the limitations of my design? A good research proposal maps all of this out in a very structured and easy to read way. And students of this unit, that's exactly what you're going to be doing. You're going to be structuring your own hypothetical research study. Now, you don't get to choose your topic at random. We're going to be giving you a small subset of topics to choose from in Canvas. The topics we allow you to choose from change from teaching period to teaching period, but rest assured that we try to pick contemporary topics that are fun to read about and that helps students see the real-world value and application of research proposals. A 
Okay, so now that you have a little bit more of an understanding of the purpose of a research proposal, let's break down how to structure one. Fortunately for you all, we've provided you a very clear structure under the assignment materials in Canvas. Now this structure must be adhered to as we encourage a very streamlined approach to writing a research proposal. In Canvas, we even give you a breakdown of the overall word count of your proposal and how long each individual segment should be. We appreciate that for many of you, this is your very first research proposal that you've ever been asked to write. So we want to encourage as much structure and guidance in your writing as we possibly can. Let's now take the time therefore to break down each individual part of your research proposal. So everybody's gonna be starting with a title page. So this will include basic information like your title, your name, student number, all of that generic information. Please make sure you follow APA guidelines when making your title page. We'll talk about APA a little bit more later. The first official part of your research proposal will be called the introduction. This is where you officially start your proposal. The introduction should present relevant background information for your research project, giving it context and relevance. You'll introduce the general field of research, define key terms, then narrow it down to a specific area for your research project. This section should lead logically to either a gap in the existing research or a specific research problem that you believe needs to be addressed. So think of the introduction as about setting the scene and giving your overall research proposal context and relevance. The second big section of your proposal is called the literature review. In this section, you provide relevant past research studies that you've found on your particular topic that highlight a need for your new piece of research. So you might highlight major issues or gaps in the research, which clearly spell out the need for your design. So think of the literature review section as the evidence base for your research. The third section is where you present the research question or the hypotheses that you'll investigate in order to fill the gap in the research that was identified in your literature review. So can you see how everything is feeding into one another here? The introduction is setting the scene, the literature review is providing that background information, and then the research hypothesis under the aim section is filling the gap in the research that you were able to identify in the literature review. The fourth section of your research proposal will outline how your research will make a change to an area of research or respond to a specific problem. So you're looking to highlight the significant theoretical and practical outcomes which could be achieved from your research. You're essentially arguing why your research is significant why it is important, why it should be undertaken, what would be the outcomes of doing said piece of research. The fifth section of your research proposal is arguably the most detailed, and it is here where you propose the research methodology. You need to describe how you're going to address your research hypotheses. You'll need to consider many things such as who your participants will be, how you'll sample them, how you'll collect data, what ethical considerations there are, all of the information that you need in order to address your research hypotheses. Now there's a lot in this section, so you'll need to make sure your methodology and framework presented makes sense and matches your research hypotheses. 
it's the, in this section that students usually find uh, the most fun or the most enjoyment in the assignment task as you get to come up with your own hypothetical study. It's your first taste of what it would be like to do your own individual research. Now, when it comes to developing your first research methodology, it doesn't have to be super sophisticated. We're not looking for you to come up with a research hypothesis which has dozens and dozens of variables. In fact, if you're able to come up with a research hypothesis that is well-structured and well-evidenced from the literature and only has one independent variable and one dependent variable, and it's done really well, that is absolutely fine. The final section of your research proposal is where you discuss the overall scope and the problems. So in this section, you'll be identifying any potential limitations or problems which may occur throughout your project. Now, this is what I love about a research proposal. Not only does it map out the overall design, but it's also being very transparent with any potential limitations which may occur. Because not every research design is perfect. We appreciate in science that there are gaps in particular research frameworks, particular research methodologies, and it's in this section that you can be transparent and recognize such limitations. Now, of course, you'll be finishing off your assessment task with uh, an official reference list. So anything that you've referenced throughout any of your research proposal, you must provide a list of these references at the very end of your assignment task. And that's essentially it. That's the structure of a research proposal. Again, it goes title page, introduction, literature review, aims, significance of research, proposed research methodology, scope and problems, and finally, your references. Every single uh, student in the unit will have the exact same headings. Of course, you'll all come up with your own unique research proposal, but the structure of the assignment should be adhered to by absolutely everybody. So everyone's gonna have those same headings. We're trying to teach you here the fundamental components of a proposal. So there's no room for creativity at all when it comes to your structure. Now we do appreciate that for many of you, you haven't seen a research proposal before. So this is gonna be very, very new to you. So you've got this podcast to maybe get you started, but we appreciate that you probably need a little bit more as well. So later on in this podcast, I'm gonna discuss with you specific resources which will help you get started with your research proposal. My overall big piece of advice with this assignment task is to have fun with it. Obviously, you need to have a well-evidence-based research proposal. I don't want you just coming up with a random hypothesis which doesn't have the backing of your literature review. But at the same time, I want you to uh, use this task to demonstrate your research design skills and have fun with it. Now, me personally, I love research. So I love this planning process of mapping out a research proposal. So hopefully you, when you're going through this research proposal design phase, you can envision or see what it would be like to be a real world researcher and undertake your own individual analyses. Now that we've covered the purpose of the assignment task and how to structure it, I think it's important to recognize that this assignment journey, whilst useful and exciting, can be challenging at times. We don't expect you to be experts in research design just yet. Here at Seoul, we know this, 
and take a very student-focused approach to developing our learning resources and to help you with your assignment tasks. I've personally lectured and taught research design units at many different universities and can tell you that when you're learning a new type of writing, it can seem very tricky to start off with. This is a normal part of the learning process. To help calm some of those early nerves though, let's discuss some of the resources that are available to help you with this assignment task. Firstly, your unit coordinator and ELA are here to answer your questions throughout the teaching period. Your ELA cannot review a draft of your assignment, but they are here to answer any theory-based questions you have about the purpose of the task, how to interpret the instructions, or the assignment rubric. There is also a specific discussion thread set up for you in campus right now to discuss or ask questions about the assignment task. So if you have any early questions, this would be a great place to go. Secondly, this unit will have a structured collaborate session on each of your assignment tasks. We'll show you direct examples of different sections of your assignments and give you some general hints and tips on how to get started. We appreciate that you haven't seen critical reviews and research proposals before, so we're going to provide you with examples that you can model your own writing from. Thirdly, I'd recommend that you use your e-text to help clarify any key design terms that you wish to use in your assignments. We hope to see you using some of these core skills you've read about in the unit so far. Finally, under Module 0.3, you'll find additional links about assignment support. These include some general skills on how to reference and how to avoid plagiarism, and there's also some general information about Studiosity, which is an independent free draft review service. See more details in Canvas if you want to know more about Studiosity. Just as a quick disclaimer about the use of Studiosity, their feedback can be very useful to help you better understand good writing techniques, but it should not be interpreted as a direct indication of the grade that you will receive. Queries about the content you present in all of your assignment tasks should be directed at your ELA and unit coordinator. So to summarize, all the resources you need to succeed in this assignment task are available to you right now. And I genuinely hope you take advantage of all of them when you complete your assignment. Now there is one special resource available to you in the e-text that I want to discuss specifically, but it's a big one, so it deserves its own section of this podcast. This resource will help you with formatting your assignment according to APA standards. Let's take a quick moment to pause and reflect where we're at now. You now know the purpose of your assignment task, how to structure it, and what resources are available to help you. But as I mentioned just before, there is one more big resource available to help you with your assignment task. This resource will help you structure the format of your document. Essentially, it'll dictate how your assignment looks. We call this APA formatting. You may have heard me talking about APA formatting throughout this whole podcast, multiple times in fact. It's because it's extremely important. You may have also read about it in Canvas already too. It's an incredibly important part of presenting your work in the academic world. Essentially, different disciplines have different ways of presenting their written work. We call these standards or guidelines. To standardize the presentation of work in the psychology discipline, there is a type of formatting called APA, which stands for American Psychological Association. 
APA is essentially a manual or a set of standards and guidelines for how we make our work look in psychology. For those of you who are already familiar with APA guidelines, you'll know that they can be very strict with their recommendations. They tell you everything about how your writing should look, everything from the header you use in Microsoft Word down to the font, line spacing, where you put your page number, how to present titles, subheadings, you name it, and there's probably a standard for it in APA. Furthermore, APA also covers how to in-text reference as well as how to present your final reference list as well. So when you're paraphrasing or quoting an article in your writing, you'll need to recognize that this work is coming from somebody else by providing both an in-text reference as well as listing it at the end of your assignment. All of this in-text referencing and all of your reference lists need to be in APA format. The rules of APA can seem a little bit over the top when you first start using it, but it quickly becomes second nature. One thing I personally love about writing an APA is just how professional and structured the final product looks. If you adhere to the APA standards, then your final version of your assignment will simply look the part. It'll essentially fit the academic world better. More than this, however, it'll be consistent with how other people present their work as well. Now, I can't possibly tell you all of the APA rules and guidelines here in this podcast. We'd honestly be here for hours. Furthermore, I don't think telling you about the specific rules would help you much at all. You need to read and see it for yourself. Fortunately for you, there are a ton of resources both in Canvas and on the web that will help you with APA guidelines. First and foremost, some useful details can be found in the assignment instructions in Canvas. In module 0.3, there are also some general assignment support links as well. Secondly, in the back of the e-text, there is a whole chapter dedicated to APA. It shows examples of how documents should look in Microsoft Word and clearly shows you how your end product should appear. This is essentially how I taught myself APA, simply by looking at examples and then modeling my work from it, essentially copying the format and structure. Now I'm not talking about copying content here, that would be plagiarism. I'm talking about copying things like font, page number, line spacing, style of referencing, things like that. Simply modeling the format and structure of your work by other documents which have used APA guidelines. If you were to also Google APA 6 edition, you'll find a million resources on YouTube and the larger web as well to help assist you. There are templates galore out there on APA editions. It's just a matter of you utilizing the resources that are available to you. Just as a quick warning though, there have been multiple different editions of APA. We are currently up to the sixth edition. So if you are using any online resources about APA, please make sure they are up to date. Finally, we'll be giving you examples of APA sections of your assignments and discussing them during our Collaborate sessions. So if you have any further APA questions, you can raise them either on the discussion threads in Canvas or also during our Collaborate sessions. So overall, and both of your assignment tasks in this unit, we'll be expecting you to write in such a way that conforms to APA standards. Do yourself a favor and leave time during the editing process when you're doing your assignment to make sure you are following all of the APA guidelines. I want to reiterate that it can seem a little bit pedantic when you're just starting out with APA. But if you put the time and effort to learn these guidelines now, 
It'll improve the consistency and overall quality of your work. The product of an APA assignment is one that is easy to read, looks professional, meets strong academic standards, has good academic integrity, and is ultimately ready to be consumed by the academic world. Okay, everybody, that nearly wraps up this short podcast. Hopefully now you have a better understanding of your research proposal task, how to structure it, and the resources available to support you in this journey. All that is left now is for you to make that initial start. Now, my advice for starting your research proposal is almost identical to my advice for starting the critical review, your last assignment. My advice here is to start with that all-important plan. Before you can start with your plan, however, you need to know what your research topic is. So head to Canvas, go to the assignment details for the research proposal, and you'll see that we've given you a list of topics to choose from. Choose a topic that interests you and that you feel like you'll be able to be invested in throughout this research proposal phase. Now, once you've got that initial topic, you can't just go and write your research hypothesis straight away. You need to do a little bit of reading on the topic. What we want to see from you in this research proposal is that you've done some background research on the topic and that the hypothesis has been generated from the literature in that you've been able to read the literature on your topic and identify a gap in the literature, something that you can fill uniquely with your research proposal idea. The reason that we want this is so that your hypothesis has purpose and so that when you leave this unit or when you're perhaps doing research out in the real world, your research proposals are generating new and exciting research designs, new and exciting potential research outcomes rather than simply copying and repeating what has already been done in the literature. The best research hypotheses will be generated from doing your own research and will be unique in some way. So keep track of the papers you've read because they'll be useful in your literature review as well. The next step is to open Microsoft Word and make a title page. Once I get that initial title page set up, I also work on the basic APA structure of my document. So it's here that I recommend that you also practice this structured approach. So I get my running header, my page number, my different headings, all of that stuff written up. The next step is I plan what's going to go under each of my headings. So remember, we give you the headings in the assignment details. You will have to conform to APA standards of how they look, but we give you the specific titles of these headings. The next step is to head to the assignment tab in Canvas again and look under each of these specific sections about what we are asking for. As a reminder, there should be a title page, an introduction, a literature review, aims, significance of research, proposed research methodology, scope and problems, and finally a reference list. So I recommend that you take note of what is going to go in each section and remember to read the rubric of your assignment task. Whenever I personally start a new project, I always make sure I know what is expected of me. The rubric of each of your assignments break down what is needed and you'll know exactly how you'll be graded by reading the rubric. Combine this with all of the other resources available to you and you can make a really structured, strong start to your research proposal. 
Now, if you're perhaps still feeling a little bit nervous about starting this research proposal, my final piece of advice is to have fun with it. Now, this is something that I mentioned earlier, but I really want to reiterate this point again. This is the first opportunity that you've had as students to really pretend like you're real researchers and to do an assignment that directly reflects what you would be doing if you were undertaking research of your own. So I really hope you have fun with it, that you embrace this assessment task and that you ultimately are able to bring together all of the research design content that you've gathered in this unit so far and that you can bring it together to come up with your own hypothetical research proposal. I wish you all the best. Okay, everybody, that wraps up this short podcast. I want to thank all of you research students for tuning in and hope you found this additional resource helpful. Please remember this podcast is not a formal component of the unit and is intended to be bonus material. Please make sure you follow your module content specifically in Canvas and reach out to your unit coordinator and ELA if you have any specific questions or concerns. All right, that's it for me for now. I wish you all the best with your future studies.